0: If you were to sit down and read the book of Acts, um, the apostles are often publicly preaching. um, And kind of paradigmatic for the ministry is Acts chapter 17. Paul's waiting for some friends in Athens. He gets there. He sees the city's filled with idols. So he goes into the synagogue and the marketplace to reason with the people who had gathered there.
1: This is Pastor Mark Jasinski with Out of the Coal Mine. Thank you for joining us today for today's discussion So today we have uh, Keith Durrell, evangelist Keith Durrell with us, a good friend of mine. Glad he's back in town swinging through grabbing lunch, having conversations. Thought it'd be a good time to make a few podcasts. Welcome back here, Keith. Glad to be back here in uh, Iowa and Des Moines particularly. So what have you, what's your uh, route been been like this last year? Uh,
0: it, well, the fall things kicked off again in the fall. You know, we we're kind of shut down because of COVID. There wasn't too much preaching during that time. You'd go to a campus and they'd say they'd be open, you'd arrive and there were really nobody on campus. And so starting with the fall, it was pretty good. we um, Kids were coming out of the woodwork to listen to the preaching. It was, you know, people were caged up for about a year and a half, and so I think they're pretty excited to get back out on the campus. And so the fall was really, really great. The spring's been a little slower. Started off in Florida, and I've had to get back to. I'm living in Moscow, Idaho. Had to get back there a couple times, but have kind of raced all over. I've preached in California, Utah, Colorado, Illinois, Virginia, um, Florida, Mississippi. Um, last week was Kansas, and then the week. Next week, I'm going to be preaching in Colorado uh, and probably finish up out there in Colorado.
1: So uh, that should back up a little bit. I think we've made it clear. You travel around to campuses and preach. Mm-hmm. So explain a little bit about what you do. I know you've done it before, but maybe someone listening didn't hear, hear yeah. the last
0: time. So the basic idea is if you were to sit down and you read the book of Acts, um, the apostles are often publicly preaching um, and kind of paradigmatic for the ministry is Acts chapter 17, Paul's waiting for some friends in Athens. He gets there. He sees the city's filled with idols, so he goes into the synagogue and the marketplace to reason with the people who had gathered there and uh, even says the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. And then the little chapter, not the chapter, but the paragraph ends with saying that the uh, the Athenians who lived there would do nothing but hearing and telling the latest ideas. So in theory, an American college campus is kind of like Athens. And so what I seek to do is go onto a college campus. Um, I'll usually set up shop near the student union or the library, wherever kind of a a place where you can gather students and i'll begin to speak i'll uh most often i'll read something like psalm chapter 24 the earth is the lord's the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein and then i'll begin to expound how we owe our allegiance to god not to our race our gender our country that sort of stuff then people start to gather uh 90 of the time they'll gather and they start asking questions and Then I spend the next five, six hours or whatever it is uh, discussing the gospel and relating whatever issue they bring up back to the gospel. So in Colossians chapter one, it says that Christ holds all things together. And so what I'm seeking to show in part, not only that Jesus died and was resurrected, which is obviously the central element of the gospel for the forgiveness of sins, but also this Jesus holds all things together. So if we're going to study English, we're going to study architecture, we're going to study math, it's related to who Jesus is and his creation in some regard, but the central message all day long is that this, you know, this Jew who was crucified, uh, got received capital punishment, at the hands of the Roman empire. And that event, God was setting the world to right. And then, uh, and he was vindicated on the third day by his resurrection. So that's a central message of what I'm seeking to set forth.
1: Awesome. And you've been doing it again for how long? This is now 12
0: years. I, I was working in New York in finance and it was April. So right around now of 2010 that I left that and began traveling and preaching.
1: All right. Awesome. Um, Making sure the settings are right. I'll cut that part out. So how do you uh, how do you pay for this? Like who who supports you? Or what, what's your what's your method? What's your uh,
0: uh... yeah? A little bit of a mixed method. Uh, if you know who the missionary George Mueller was, he kind of had an orphanage in England. And he'd often pray the Lord provide his needs. It's largely prayer, praying that the Lord would meet my needs. But what that ends up practically looking like is individuals and in churches support me. So if you are interested in supporting me, I could definitely use uh, financial support for the ministry. As everybody knows, everything's getting more expensive when you do about fifty thousand miles a year and. Uh, Gases, you know, four or five bucks a gallon, adds up pretty quick. Um, and so if you want, if you were to go to campuspreacher.com, you can learn more about me, what I'm doing. Uh, the website's being updated, but you can learn more about me, what I'm doing, how to support the ministry. Um, or you can contact me if you'd like to learn more information about needs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so it's basically churches and individuals hear about what I'm doing. They like it, and then they'll support the cause.
1: So when campus preaching comes to mind, typically people uh, have an image in their minds of what the campus preacher was in college. Mm-hmm. What he looked like what he was saying uh hellfire brimstone typically uh perfectionist maybe uh are you that guy or are you different than that guy uh
0: well there's probably some level of overlap you know what <laughs> i mean if you're uh you know because if you're publicly preaching you you are talking about judgment you are talking mm-hmm. about hell you are talking about sin and so in many in the minds of many even if you just mention repentance or sin that's hellfire and brimstone preaching you have to be so no no i'm not like you know my freshman year of college i remember a guy preaching and he's like, whores and whoremongers, you're going to burn in fire. And he dragged this whole thing out and it was like kind of a a giant show. No, I'm not that by any stretch of imagination. No, I'm not Westboro Baptist church. Uh, But within that, I would say that I am preaching the whole counsel of God, which includes God's judgment of sin. And even Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so I believe that gospel preaching is going to include sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, I don't believe I can Uh, automatically bring about the conviction of sin in people. That's obviously the Holy Spirit's work. Um, But what I'm primarily focused on is truth. What's true out here? It's not primarily a show. It's not even about judgment. Um, But we're in a culture that is so far from any idea of truth and that you have your truth, I have mine and white people have their truth, black people have their truth, I have my sexual identity, you have your sex. everything is so broken down that I spend most of my day honestly just trying to put forth the idea that there's real truth in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy named Francis Schaefer who would talk about uh, pre-evangelism and he was writing 50 years ago and he was talking about uh, the need for pre-evangelism to people who have no concept of truth. So a lot of my day, I very rarely, even even things like judgment, like I don't spend tons of time talking about that because the kids don't have a context for it. You know what I mean? I don't, don't want to show up and just preach a God who judges sin. Um, well, you know, because what is sin and who's God? And like a lot of that stuff needs to be laid out before you really get to those things. So I primarily see my responsibility as basically Maybe breaking up some fallow ground, maybe sowing some seeds, um, because so nobody knows. To be honest, like very few people really know what the gospel is, really know who God is. They're biblically illiterate. And that's not to put anybody on campus down. It's just kind of the culture that they're being raised in. So it's in many ways, it's not their fault. They've just been given a, a you know kind of a bill of goods, and they show up on a college campus uh, with that. And so what I'm trying to do is in a sense, even if I'm, I don't use the word repent a lot, but what I am trying to do is get them to repent of change their mind regarding what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What's sexuality? What's right? What's down? Or, you know, what's up? What's down? What's right? What's wrong? So much of my day is honestly pretty basic, like what's true. And it's amazing how much of a crowd that will get and how upset people get. Like, how dare you come out here and say that Christianity is true for everybody? You know what I mean? That's um, and I, But that's the main rub. So I spent a lot of my time discussing that issue more so than hell and uh, even sexuality. But you know, I want to be talking about whatever it is that the students want to ask me about. And even rhetorically, I don't bring up hell because I know I'm going to get asked about it, and so when I get asked about it, then I answer the question. They're like, "Oh, you're saying we're going to hell?" It's like, "Well, you guys asked me about it." You know what I mean? I, I, if if I don't answer the question, I'm damned. If I do answer the question, I'm damned. And so I usually do not bring up something like hell until the students do. And uh, even just from a rhetorical standpoint. So,
1: all right, uh, we'll have you here for a few episodes. Okay. Um, we'll uh, a number of questions I want to ask you, and we'll post them in the days ahead. Uh, but for now, as I close out this one, how can people get in contact with you if they want to support you or read about your ministry?
0: Uh, the easiest way is campuspreacher.com. Uh, most of my information is there. You can also email me, Keith Darrell, at Gmail, K E I T H D A R R E L L, at Gmail. And then my phone number, I think it's on the website, um, is 314 920 1445. So right. feel free to reach out to me.
1: Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks.